is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for June 29th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, flying solo tonight, as always. Coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on this Wednesday evening, wherever you may be. We're going to get right into it, man. Jesse's not here. Uh, he is... Under the weather, and he will be back next week, hopefully, uh, for the AEW Dynamite show next week, where we'll have Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship on next week's show. So I'm flying solo tonight. I know you guys appreciate Jesse's opinion, but I am flying solo on this Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite tonight, man. Absolutely fucking fantastic show. Absolutely fantastic show this may have been the best TV main event literally in the last year of professional wrestling on, t- on, on TV. And, you know, I, I don't want to say they all came from AEW because a lot of people already think I'm on the fucking payroll. Meanwhile, I bought my own plane ticket into Chicago. I did everything I had to do for Chicago out of my own pocket. But somehow, someway, I'm on Tony Khan's payroll. I wish. I wish. This was the best TV main event in the last calendar year of professional wrestling on TV. And this absolutely will go down as one of the best TV main events on wrestling TV, possibly ever. Possibly ever. It's amazing to me how people don't pick up on what AEW does. And it's amazing to me how they consistently get criticized for the most stupidest things. They are not perfect. I don't expect anybody to be perfect. You are not our Lord and Savior. I'm sorry, okay? Nobody is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Tony Khan is not perfect. AEW is not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. Shit happens. But the thing is, they listen to the fan base. They listen to those criticisms. And it may take them a while to come back around, but they do listen. Case in point is blood and guts. The visual of tonight's match, everything about tonight's match, was absolutely fucking brilliant. Everything about it. And I'm not saying that because I'm on (laughs) Tony Khan's payroll. Everything about the match was brilliant. The lighting 
the arena that that it was in, the number of people that filled the Little Caesars Arena, 13,000 plus. You guys fucking brought the energy. It almost felt like you tried to outdo Chicago for Forbidden Door. And you might be on that same level, man. Detroit fucking brought it. So I'm very proud of the fine people of Detroit for giving this match and this show the energy that it needed. The visuals, the lighting, the crowd, the cage, the camera angles during the show for the matches that were not featured in the cage. The match itself, the blood and guts match itself, the camera crew and the AEW crew did a phenomenal job at picking up on every single little thing that happened in that match. The different camera views that we saw all around the ring. The cage itself had one side with a door for the Blackpool Combat Club. The other side of the cage had a door for the Jericho Appreciation Society. Now, I'm not overly familiar with the old school war games, WCW concept. I know WWE's been doing it in NXT. They didn't even go to that length to do it that way. Triple H never did it that way. Tony Khan and AEW gave you two sides of a cage separating both teams with a door on one side and a door on the other. I pinpointed that almost immediately. I love that aspect. I thought that was great. They made it into its own spectacle. The turnbuckle pads had blood and guts written all over it. Had an AEW logo, blood and guts, and then AEW. Everything about the little details was fantastic. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the match, we get most of the guys climbing up the cage. We see Jericho climbing up the cage. We see Eddie Kingston climbing up the cage. We see Sammy Guevara climbing up the cage. And I'm like, here we go again. This is where AEW was put to the test again. AEW, you guys remember with the first Blood and Guts match, it was in Daly's place. It was in the middle of a pandemic. They didn't have much else to do. They wanted to get this match done. It was supposed to take place in Rochester, New York. The first one was supposed to take place live in front of 10,000 people. Oh, no, it was uh, Newark. It was supposed to be Newark, New Jersey. I'm sorry. Newark, New Jersey. And we were supposed to get 10,000 plus for Blood and Guts number one. We did not get that. The pandemic killed it. It got moved to Daly's place. In that match, if you guys vividly remember, and I shit all over the spot because it could have been done 10,000 different fucking ways to make it look like it was a legit fall off the cage. A lot better than what was televised when we saw it. Jericho fell off. The camera angle was terrible. The way they shot it was terrible. The preparation for it was terrible. He fell off the cage. He goes through the quote-unquote stage that was made up of cardboard. We've seen pillows and fucking Serta Perfect sleepers and fucking uh, beauty rests underneath there. We saw every type of fucking mattress that you'd find in Sleepies. Or Mattress, mattress Plus, whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck you guys got to buy mattresses. He fell on top of fucking mattresses and pillows. Everything just kind of unraveled from there. The way they shot it, mixed with that, people were just all over me about, oh my God, oh my God, you wanted Chris Jericho to kill himself and go through the, the, the stage. No, I didn't. 
<laughs> I, I never said that. I wanted it to be shot different so that we did not see the illusion of what had happened there right in our face, staring us fucking, hey, hey, guys, I'm a obviously set up stage. Hi, I'm uh, the fucking mattress that's hiding underneath the stage to prevent Chris Jericho from killing himself. Hey, how you doing? No. They ruined that entire match just by that one fucking ending of the match where MJF threw Jericho off the fucking cage. They got it right. They even corrected that. Sammy Guevara was up there, and you knew Sammy was going to take the fucking fall because Sammy is a fucking psychopath. Eddie Kingston throws him off the stage, off the, off the cage, rather, onto a plethora of tables. It was shot correctly. He goes through this plethora of tables. We see fucking water and water bottles flying all over the place. Crowd erupts. Everything about it was crazy. It was beautiful. The carnage was there. The blood and guts match lived up to its name. Every single person in this match deserves their flowers, man. Everybody killed it. Production killed it. Tony Khan and the visual team fucking killed it. This was awesome. Everything about it was awesome, and it resulted in probably the best main event on pro wrestling TV this year. I highly, highly, highly doubt you will find anything as entertaining and as just perfect as everything that I just mentioned than Blood and Guts. Awesome, awesome stuff. We got Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page also on tonight's show. We got Christian Cage cutting yet another great promo, not as long and drawn out as his first promo last week. But my goodness, man, my goodness, did he introduce the new Luchasaurus, and holy shit, man, I'm getting fucking Kane-like vibes from Luchasaurus. I thought that was fucking awesome. So we'll talk about that. Clearly, they're positioning Luchasaurus as the man that is doing all of Christian Cage's bidding. And he may be feuding with Jungle Boy, and we may get ex-tag team partners going at it one-on-one relatively soon. Wardlow challenges for the TNT Championship and Scorpio Sky. I got news on what Miro actually had said about the TNT Championship, and it's not all that flattering at all. And then we got FTR. FTR and Dan Housen versus the Acclaimed and the Ass Boys. So we will go over all of that right here on Off The Script. I thank you guys very much for joining me on this Wednesday night, man. Thank you so very much. Thank you for all the support. You guys absolutely killed it. All weekend while I was in Chicago, we killed it for Forbidden Door. We killed it for the post-show scrum. We had the best questions Out of everybody in the media, man, we had questions for Thunder Rosa. We had questions for FTR. We had questions for TK himself. I might have angered him a little bit. Hopefully, I did not anger him too much, but he was more upset with Fightful than he was with me. I just asked the question. I didn't break any news, but I appreciate you guys very much, man. We killed it with the post-show review the following day. We did Monday Night Raw the same night. Crazy. Meet and greet was awesome. We had over 60-plus people show up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pictures were taken. Cold beverages were consumed. Autographs were signed. You guys killed it. Thank you so very much, man. Jesse loved it, too. Jesse was very appreciative as well. He had a good time. He actually 
videoed most of it. I believe he showed some of the clips on his uh, watch along yesterday. So go check that out. And thank you guys for making us number one in the community, man. I believe we're number one already. We didn't even get started yet. We got 2,200 people live right now as I check the stats. You guys are awesome, man. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand minimum right here on OTS and the AW Dynamite post show. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. We'll go over the show. And you guys can ask me anything you want. Go check out the extra from earlier today. Man, we talk about Sasha Banks. More news unraveling about the Sasha Banks situation. Sasha Banks was actually released on July, on, on June 10th, rather. Not July. That would be fucking difficult. On July 10th, she will be released. No, she's been released. June 10th, Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. is confirming that Sasha Banks was released on June 10th. And her lawyers got her her WWE release. Why hasn't WWE announced this yet? I talk about that and why on today's extra. So go check that out. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram now on TikTok as well. If you guys want a cameo, I am now partnered with Cameo. We did two cameos. Our first two cameos, man, were awesome. Birthday wishes. We got one who wanted me to cut a promo on a friend because he loves Bill Goldberg, and he's a big fan of Bill Goldberg, man. I cut one hell of a rant on Bill Goldberg for this guy's birthday. And we also had another one where he he, he says that wrestling is fake. So I blasted him and I roasted him because he said wrestling is fake. And I promised that Thunder Rosa was going to pile drive him instead of Jesse. Never use the word fake around me when talking about pro wrestling. So thank you to everybody that's been reaching out on Cameo, man. I love it. It's awesome. Link is uh, in the description down below for that. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and get that free shipping, man. The summer is hot and it's getting ready to get hotter, man. You guys need to look your best, smell your best, and feel your best with Manscaped. Make sure you guys go check out Manscaped in their Platinum Package 4.0. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout for all that you need, man. That's Manscaped.com. We'll talk about my good friends over at Manscaped a little bit, a little bit later on in the show. And make sure you guys are aware that there will be no podcast this weekend. Money in the Bank is on Saturday, and I will be drinking by the beach come 4th of July weekend. So there will be no podcast. After Money in the Bank, my weekend is over until Monday Night Raw. So make sure you guys are aware of that. If you're expecting an OTS episode like we usually do live, make sure you guys tune in to Monday for Monday Night Raw after Money in the Bank. That will be my next upload. Let's get into the show, man. Let's get into the show. We start at the top with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page. And I said this about Orange Cassidy, man, on Monday afternoon when we watched him wrestle his little heart out against Will Ospreay. Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay probably had one of the best matches of the entire year, probably the best match of the entire show on Sunday night at Forbidden Door. And I think Orange Cassidy and the Orange Cassidy criticisms and the Orange Cassidy hate needs to come to an end. 
Now, I get he's not for everybody, but at least he has a gimmick, and he's killing it, and he's different. And as Tony Khan said, when you look at the numbers and you look at somebody that they want on the posters and, I, and want on the advertisements, they are always going to look at somebody like Orange Cassidy. And he fits the bill perfectly. TK is a big fan of Orange Cassidy. He doesn't even get the hate because he, Orange Cassidy, is doing so great for AEW. There was a rumor on Sunday afternoon that he may be getting a new theme song. So I read this while I, while I was actually on the plane flying to Chicago Sunday morning. And I said, huh, that's interesting. I never heard the song before. It's Jane by Jefferson Starship. So I listened to the song before I took off. And I'm like, I like this song. I think this song fits him very well. I think this song is actually a lot better than the Pixies, I believe, he used. I, I, I'm not familiar with the song title, but I do believe that that was the band. Now, I didn't know what theme music he had on the indies. Apparently, this was a song that he was using on the indies, and Tony Khan actually paid for the rights to use this song on AEW television. So when I got to the scrum on Sunday night, and Forbidden Door was over, it was definitely one of the things I wanted to talk about, just Orange Cassidy in general, because I knew he was going to kill it with Will Ospreay, and I wanted to gauge Tony Khan's reaction. And he gave me a proper answer. He said, well, it was the same reaction I had when everybody kind of put him down when they thought he couldn't wrestle when I booked him in pack all those years ago. And I get it. That's the same reaction that he had after the match he had with Pac when everybody thought he couldn't wrestle. He blew it away with Will Ospreay. And then I asked him about the theme song. I'm like, how does the process of going out and buying a song, you know, affect the wrestler and... Are you there making that type of decision with them? Is it something that you guys talk about and bounce ideas off of? What song might fit your character best? Do we go to Mikey Ruckus and have him make a theme song to fit your character? Is it something that you make on your own, a decision you make on your own? And then he got obviously very, he didn't get mad. He got frustrated because everything he does is strategically put in place to happen when he wants it to happen. So when Sap and Fightful leaked the information that Orange Cassidy was getting a new theme song, he was obviously pissed, and he said it was shameful that news like that got out. Now, I don't know what Sap does. I don't know who his sources are or who would tell Sap that type of information. But TK was obviously pissed, and he went and he used the Brody Lee situation, and Brody got sick, and nobody said a fucking word to the media or said anything in public about Brody. Everything was contained within AEW. He knows not everything is going to be contained, but he feels like news like that getting out is, is bad for AEW. Now, imagine if you're Tony Khan. Why is it bad, you're probably asking. Well, if Tony Khan wants to debut this new song with Orange Cassidy coming out and he wants a huge pop, he might not even be... When the, the news got leaked, he might not have even been in the finalization phase to, you know, finalize what he needs to do to get the rights to that song. So it might not have been a done deal at that point. But he wants it to go off, and he wants it to be right, and he wants it to be a surprise, and he wants that pop to be big. When the news comes out that he's got a new theme song and Tony Khan is getting pissed about it, obviously the news is going to ruffle Tony Khan's feathers and get him upset because it's obviously ruining his plans that he had for Orange Cassidy. So, yes, he's got a right to be upset. I, I asked the question because I was genuinely curious, because theme songs and theme music are very important to a pro wrestler. 
So we heard it tonight. We are Jane by Jefferson Starship. I thought the song was great. I think it fits him beautifully. I think it fits him great. And the pop, I don't know what he was expecting, but I thought the pop was fucking big. It was like, it, it elevated in loudness when they realized who was coming out. When they heard the theme music and they knew exactly what it was, I think most of the fans who are in tune with Orange Cassidy, they realize, oh shit, Orange Cassidy's got a new theme song. He's got new theme music. So when they seen him and they heard the theme music, it, it kind of got really fucking loud. So it was like an elevated loudness that got louder and louder and louder as the song continued to play inside the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. So I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I think it fits him absolutely perfectly. He came out with the best friends, and he wrestled Ethan Page. This was a match that was made on Twitter. This was Dan Lambert requesting this match. Orange immediately did the hands in the pocket shtick like he always does. I find it to be highly entertaining. He landed a tope suicida with the hands in the pockets. Back in the ring, Orange did a uh, diving crossbody. Only got a one count on Ethan Page right away. Page cut him off. Big shoulder block. He started to mock Orange Cassidy. Beat him down with some slams and some suplexes. Orange then started going at Ethan Page with a high kick. Twisting brain buster. Page went for the ego's edge after bouncing back. Orange counted it by reaching into his pockets. He reversed a second attempt of the ego's edge which is nothing more than a razor's edge. He calls it the ego's edge. So he reversed a second attempt into a hurricanrana, climbed the ropes, but Dan Lambert distracted Orange, allowing Page to turn it into a nice-looking power slam. He goes for a cover and only gets a two-count. So Page was obviously playing up, beating up Orange Cassidy. The crowd in Detroit didn't like him. He gave somebody the middle finger. I don't know who it was. So Orange sees this opening. He gives a brain buster, or at least tried for a brain buster attempt, into a stunner before nailing a DDT for a near fall. Orange called for the orange punch. Lambert hopped on the apron. Orange gave him some pokes, and the crowd was going crazy for it. So they did their little shtick, playing along to Orange, doing the O and the Oz and the O's and the Oz. And then all of a sudden, Dan Lambert was out there. He was on the apron while he was getting these devastating attacks by Orange Cassidy. He had a bottle of orange juice in his hands. Orange Cassidy takes the orange juice. He takes a sip of it, gives him a thumbs up, and he turns around. He avoids Ethan Page's offense. He spits the orange juice in Dan Lambert's face, hits two orange punches, and a body slam, which he was attempting all match. He was telling the story of, I'm going to lift this guy up. He's, he's doing the Hulk Hogan, right? You know, you guys know Hulk Hogan always used to do the body slam when he was in there with a much larger guy. He's doing the fucking Hulk Hogan raising of the arms like he's going to body slam someone. So he tried a couple body, t- uh, body slam attempts earlier in the match, and he gets the body slam on Ethan Page, and that's what he finishes him off with. One, two, three, and we get Orange Cassidy continuing that momentum for himself. And he gets another victory following what was a great match. Match of the night with Orange Cassidy. Even though it was in a losing effort, I still deem Orange Cassidy a winner coming out of Sunday's Forbidden Door. Very good match. Ethan Page is very underrated. And Orange Cassidy, man, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him continue to win, man. When you talk about Orange Cassidy and you see what's going on around him as far as championships are concerned, You're looking at Pac now as the All-Atlantic champion. 
I don't know what the rules are for that title. I don't know if somebody like Orange Cassidy can challenge for that championship or if it's just going to be, you know, guys like Malachi from the, uh, where is he, from Amsterdam or Miro from Bulgaria or Ethan Page from Canada. I don't know if it's going to be for guys only that have a different background from where they come from. I don't know what the rules are or, or if there are rules with the All-Atlantic Championship, but I'd love to see another go around with Orange Cassidy and Pac, maybe for an All-Atlantic Championship. I think that'd be great. I really do. If Wardlow wasn't challenging Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship, I'd say let's get Orange Cassidy some momentum and get Orange Cassidy some wins, and we get him into the TNT title picture, and we get Orange versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT title, but it looks like that's being occupied now by Wardlow. So I'm loving what they're doing with Orange Cassidy. I think it's great. I don't know why people are so bothered by it. We need gimmicks and characters in pro wrestling right now. We are severely lacking that on Monday and Friday night. And I think what he brings to the table is excellent for AEW. So Orange gets the victory over Ethan Page. And I thought it was a very entertaining open for what was really one match on this entire show that people were looking forward to. And that was the Blood and Guts. So we move on with the rest of the show here. We have... Christian Cage coming out, and Christian Cage is speaking to the audience after his vicious promo on Jungle Boy on last week's show. What a scumbag is Christian Cage. I thought what he did last week was absolutely tremendous in every sense of the word, man. Christian Cage, it was a much different promo than what we got with MJF. MJF was more of a, uh, I would say, a company company narrative-driven promo. It wasn't a heel promo on somebody, on somebody he was feuding with. It was more taking his real-life grievances and then playing them out uh, on live TV and making it into a storyline. Christian Cage... His promo on Jungle Boy was absolutely fucking fantastic. Every bit of it was exactly what you want out of a heel, and I loved every bit of it last week. The heat that Christian Cage got last week was the heat, the type of heat that you wish for if you are a heel in professional wrestling. And I said this last week, with him and the way he cut that promo, he was getting shut-the-fuck-up chance. He had the audience booing him louder than he could really speak. The audience was booing him to a point where they were cutting him off mid-sentence. That's the type of reaction you want if you are a heel. It is great. Great. He came out, and he was obviously still vilified by this audience, which was a great thing to see. They didn't forget. They were just as loud as they were last week. Tony Schiavone introduced him and brought him out. Christian was asked. What he had to say about last week and his actions last week, but like last week, he was drowned out by a sea of booze. So he was asked by management to come out and apologize for his comments last week, specifically about Jungle Boy's father. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Christian Cage then said, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry your entire family isn't dead, he says. He corrected himself, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I wish everybody in your family was dead, except for your mother, Jungle Boy, except for your mother. We can make your mother the exception here. Absolutely had booze raining down upon him. It was fantastic. So Christian said the only good thing about Detroit, these Detroit sweat hogs, nice homage to the uh, greatness of ravishing Rick Rude. He used to call everybody sweat hogs. I remember him going to Atlantic City and calling all the fucking fat slobs in the crowd, you Atlantic City sweat hogs, right? He called Detroit sweat hogs, and he said the only good thing about Detroit is that it's close to Canada. He may have requested a match this week, but that doesn't mean he was the one who was going to wrestle. This match is not for me, he says. It's for this guy. And out comes Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Now, I didn't know what to expect here. We have new theme music. We have fire going off on the stage. We got the smoke filling the stage. Out comes Luchasaurus, and he was wearing all black. He had a beautiful new mask, black. He had ring gear in black. His heart and his soul was black tonight. Luchasaurus was a heel. And he's got new theme music, this new eerie, creepy theme music led by Christian Cage. And I got visions of Kane. I got visions of old school, big red machine Kane with Luchasaurus coming out, being led by Christian Cage. So he gets a match with Luchasaurus and Serpentico. Christian was not wrestling tonight. It's Luchasaurus versus Serpentico. So Serpentico ran right into a headbutt and a released German suplex. Luchasaurus planted Serpentico with a face buster and he locked on a snare trap like hold. But it's not Luchasaurus doing Jungle Boy snare trap. It is Luchasaurus doing his own version of the snare trap with a vice grip on the neck. The neck nerve made Serpentico tap out immediately. The one thing I want you guys to be very, very, very well aware of with Luchasaurus, this new dark, brooding, evil heel Luchasaurus, we didn't see any flips. We didn't see any dives. We didn't see any spinning back kicks. We didn't see any kip-ups. We didn't see anything of that nature here. This was Luchasaurus, slow, methodical, powerful, brutal, throwing his much smaller opponent around, 
and beating him senseless. Luchasaurus worked like a legit big man, like a big red machine cane. The one thing that stood out about Luchasaurus is that he didn't do any of that, and he played the role of an intimidating big man who now has this evil intention about him because of Christian Cage. I want you guys to pick up on that. Now, this was one match. It was a squash against Serpentigo. I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. But if I'm Tony Khan and I'm the people running this shit, I'm keeping Luchasaurus that way, man. This is the first time. Now, I I think Luchasaurus is great. Don't get me wrong. But this is the first time I legitimately saw Luchasaurus in a singles role and me saying to myself, I could see him working out beautifully as a solo heel. This is great. This is great. Christian Cage is fucking vilified so much that it's a beautiful thing, man. As a pro wrestling fan, it warms your heart. Luchasaurus is now, we don't know what Luchasaurus is thinking. We don't know what Christian Cage told Luchasaurus. That's the beauty of this storyline. We don't know. He just automatically turned on his buddy, on his best friend, Jungle Boy. All of this rolled up into one big ball is going to get Jungle Boy so much more over than Jungle Boy ever was in AEW since day one. This is going to do Jungle Boy so good, man. I'm so excited to see Jungle Boy come back out and fucking own this shit and get the revenge for his family, get the revenge on Christian Cage, get the revenge on Luchasaurus. Who's to say we don't get all of this and get Jurassic Express back together? Who's to say Jungle Boy doesn't vanquish Luchasaurus, the evil Luchasaurus, and vanquish Christian Cage, and we get uh, the Jurassic Express back together, and we get them more popular than they were before as tag team champions. Clearly something needed to be done. If I asked Jungle Boy and I asked Luchasaurus, were they happy with their tag team run? They'd probably say, yeah, but it could have been done a lot better. There was nowhere else for them to go. It seemed like they had hit a peak. Things needed to change. Something needed to change. This is the something. This is absolutely, if you're a pro wrestling fan, this is beautiful. Dark Luchasaurus, I can get behind. And he looked absolutely incredible tonight. Visually, the entrance, Christian being there, wearing dark, that dark coat, the way he fucking works Serpentigo tonight, absolutely brilliant. Luchasaurus, I loved every bit of it. Very excited to see where he goes and where Jungle Boy comes back after his injury. This is going to be great. Max Caster, he comes out and we get the acclaimed Max Caster with Anthony Bowens, who is still hurt. And the ass boys against Danhausen and two mystery partners. Who the mystery partners were, I don't know. So Max Caster called Danhausen a juggalo. He mocked Flint, Michigan for their dirty water. And Danhausen is looking at everybody when he makes his entrance. I don't know who, I, who I'm going to choose as my tag team partners. Apparently, I was supposed to pick two guys. You guys thought I couldn't find anybody who wanted to tag with me, but I, I think I had found two guys that I think know how to wrestle, he says. And out comes FTR. FTR's theme hits the PA system. Crowd goes crazy. Everybody loves FTR. This babyface run that they're on is fucking fantastic. I love everything about it. They deserve it. And it's a beautiful thing to see, really. 
So we got these two, or these uh, these six, rather. Uh, these two in FTR teaming with Danhausen against, it is Max Caster and the Gun Club. Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. Billy Gunn and Anthony Bones are on the outside. Austin and Cash started this thing off. Dax and then Danhausen entered the match uh, when we got Danhausen tagging in. The Gun Club and Caster isolated him in the corner, so obviously he was being beaten down. The baby face was being beaten down by the heels here. Um, and we got FTR obviously getting a hot tag in from Danhausen. Dax gets the hot tag. FTR hit stereo rolling German suplexes to the gun club. Austin hit a neck breaker. Looked like he botched the neck breaker on Dax. I don't know what he was going for. There looked to be a little miscommunication there. Dax looked visibly upset by the spot being botched. So they sold it. And Dax tagged out to Danhausen. So... Danhausen landed a pump kick on Austin. He went for a go-to-sleep, but Billy distracted the official, and Bowens all of a sudden gets up from his wheelchair as if he was never injured. He gets into the ring. He's got a fucking knee pad on. His brace, or whatever the case, was all a ruse. The wheelchair was all a fucking ruse, I guess. Maybe he was really hurt, but I guess they just recently cleared him, maybe. So they said, let's get him in the match. He gets up on the apron, gets in the ring. He's got his crutch. All of a sudden, he's healed. All of a sudden, he's healed. Dan Housen's in there. He wants to curse him. Dan Housen avoided a crutch strike, and Anthony Bowens accidentally hit Austin Gunn. Dan Housen made the cover on Austin Gunn for the one, two, three, and Dan Housen and FTR get the victory on Dynamite. After the match, this is where things really broke down. Austin shoved Bowens. He couldn't believe what had happened. He blamed Anthony Bowens for the loss and the miscommunication. But Billy Gunn, the father of Austin and Colton Gunn, shoved Austin Gunn down to the mat, started berating his children in the middle of the ring in front of 13,000 in Detroit. The Gunn Club, the sons of Billy Gunn, walk out, and they feel neglected by their father as Billy Gunn is more on the side of the acclaimed than he is on the side of his own sons. So I don't know what's going on here. We may be seeing a split of the ass boys and acclaimed. I don't know where Billy Gunn fits into all this, but it may it may end up being a big ruse on Billy Gunn's behalf. I don't know. I don't know. It may seem like trickery at the end. Billy Gunn kind of lulling or luring the acclaimed into some false sense of security only for his sons to take advantage over the acclaimed and we get the gun club and the acclaimed feuding with the acclaimed going over the gun club. Depends on what we see. I don't know. But it looks like we may be seeing an end of the ass boys and the acclaimed being one big happy family. Jay Lethal. And Sanjay Dutt with Satnam Singh cut a video promo on Samoa Joe. Apparently, we are getting a Death Before Dishonor show. Tony Khan announced this during the post-show media scrum after Forbidden Door in July. I think it's July 19th. Correct me if I'm wrong. We are getting another Ring of Honor pay-per-view, and that is happening in Massachusetts. Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh cut a video promo. Dutt and Lethal demanded Joe to sign the contract to make this match official for the Ring of Honor TV Championship. Sanjay Dutt says, normally I carry a pencil. Pencil's no good. I need you to look at this pen. I'm carrying a pen now. I need you to sign this contract and make this match official for the Ring of Honor TV Championship. We got 
Samoa Joe, the TV champion of Ring of Honor versus Jay Lee, the longest reigning TV champion in Ring of Honor history. And this is being teased for the Ring of Honor show, Death Before Dishonor, in July. Satnam Singh said at the end, Hey, Samoa Joe, Jay's gonna kill you. Meaning, it's a play on Samoa Joe's popular fan chant, Joe's gonna kill you, is what the fans chant. Jay's gonna kill you at death before dishonor. Very much looking forward to the match. It's been a long time coming. It's been playing out on TV for several weeks now. Should be very good when it does actually happen for the TV championship. July 23rd. July 23rd. Thank you guys for the correction there on the death before dishonor. Uh, I will be not at the show, but I will be covering the show live on Off the Script. Jade Cargill with Stokely Hathaway and Kiera Hogan. Red Velvet out injured. She defended the TBS championship against Layla Gray. Never seen Layla Gray before. She's got a good look. And Tony Brown, my VIP here in the OTS venue, Tony Brown, I'm sure he was very pleased with the uh, (laughs) booty meat there on uh, on Layla Gray. Very beautiful woman. Never seen her before, but uh, apparently she's uh, a New Yorker. She's from Queens, New York. So Jade manhandled Layla right from the start, hitting a fallaway slam, kipping up, showing off, talking trash. Layla Gray fired up with a rising knee strike. Jade took her out with another pump kick before hitting Jaded for the win very quick. It went about 90 seconds, if that, two minutes maybe. Jade retains the title. She is now 34-0 and for AEW as an in-ring competitor, and she's undefeated, obviously, still as the TBS champion. After the match, Stokely Hathaway was about to, about to speak to the Detroit fans. Jade grabbed the microphone and said she was tired of everybody in the back bitching and moaning about her and her championship and everything that revolves around Jade Cargill. She demanded that Stokely give her some real competition. She wants real competition. So Stokely said only one person stepped up and challenged Jade Cargill, the queen. This queen, Jade Cargill, only one woman stepped up and challenged Jade for the TBS championship, and she doesn't even work here. She wasn't even here long enough to sign a W-2 form, he said, in Layla Gray. The only person that stepped up to challenge Jade Cargill. Meanwhile, we have an entire locker room of women, and nobody stepped up. He called everyone, including Athena and Chris Statlander, lazy. They're lazy for not challenging Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. Athena and Chris Statlander run out. They attack Jade and Kiara Hogan. But all of a sudden, Layla Gray gets involved. Layla Gray is getting in there, and she's helping Jade Cargill, who just beat her in 90 seconds. She surprised everybody by... Putting the boots to Athena. Why? I don't know. Athena was about to hit the O-Face, a.k.a. the Eclipse. Like we know it from WWE. Chris Statlander was holding Jade. Athena was about to go up for the Eclipse. Layla Gray puts a stop to that. Jade starts shoving Layla Gray. Puts the boots to both Statlander and Athena. Layla Gray gets in Jade's face. Jade pushes Layla Gray. I don't know what's going on here, but Stokely says, this is your opportunity to show where you are and make a name for yourself 
And she took his word and took advantage of that. She helped Jade Cargill. I don't know what's going on there. We may, we may be looking at the new baddie in Jade Cargill's baddie group. I don't know what this means for Red Velvet. If this is what I think it is, and Layla Gray may be added to the baddies, and we may get another addition to the group, it looks like Red Velvet may be out for quite some time, and they don't expect her back anytime soon. I haven't heard what the severity of the injury is, but we'll see. That's the only thing I can really come up with. Layla Gray in the baddies, she looks like she fit. I don't know. We'll see what happens. The Young Bucks were backstage. They said Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi won a shot at their tag team championships. Everybody that they know, all their friends are gone. Kenny's gone. Adam Page is gone. Oh, Adam, uh, I guess Adam Page, you could put Adam Page. They didn't mention Adam Page, but Adam Page, Adam Cole's gone. Kyle O'Reilly's out. Bobby Fish is out. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? They're all by themselves. They're only friends right now, they said, are these AEW Tag Team Championships, and they are the only two-time AEW Tag Team Champions in company history. Young Bucks says that they will put those championships on the line only if Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto beat them in a... Non-title match first. Sounds very WWE-esque here, TK. What's going on, bro? In a championship contenders match, if they can beat the Young Bucks, then they'll get a tag team title opportunity, but I don't think that's going to be the case because Tony Khan and AEW doesn't book their champions to lose, rarely. It's happened once or twice, but rarely to lose in a non-title match. Oh, but J.D. WWE does it all the time, but you're not shitting on AEW for doing it. Yes, AEW does it once every nine or ten months. Shut the fuck up. We don't see it every fucking week. I'm sure you guys are thrilled with Uso versus uh, Montez Ford and Uso versus Angelo Dawkins and then every fucking possible combination of matches we get before we get to the fucking tag team match at Saturday's pay-per-view. Yeah, that's quality booking there, bro. Be quiet. AEW Rampage. Yes, Jacob, the Bruce Pritchard special. Yes, number one contenders, championship contenders matches, man. What's on the menu for Bruce tonight? Championship contenders. It's awful. What an awful concept. AEW Rampage. Young Bucks versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Tony Storm versus Nyla Rose. Should be interesting. We got a Royal Rampage match. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. A 20-man battle royal for an interim AEW World Championship match. I don't know what it is with the battle royals, man. I really don't. I don't get what is with the battle royals. I hate battle royals. We just saw a battle royal a couple of weeks ago where Kyle O'Reilly won the battle royal to wrestle John Moxley for the right to wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi at Forbidden Door for the interim championship. Why are we doing another battle royal? Do you know what I'd like to see Tony Khan do? Now, I don't know how likely this is. It's not really their concept, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them book an AEW Rampage when the time is right, because we've gotten a lot of battle royals as of late. I'd like to see Tony Khan adopt the Aztec Warfare battle royal concept from Lucha Underground. Now, I love that. I I only seen one, but I, I seen one. Let me see. Let me go over what the rules are here. Let me, uh, let me um, type this in. 
so that you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, we got Aztec Warfare rules. Let me see. I love the Aztec Warfare. Aztec Warfare and Lucha Underground. I'd love to see Tony Khan adopt this idea. Lucha Underground held a 20-person intergender elimination match where a wrestler could be eliminated by pinfall or submission and has to take place inside a ring and not by throwing people over the top rope and having both feet hit the floor. There are no countouts and no disqualifications. That's what I'd like to see. The regular battle royals are ridiculous. I find them to be fucking so bland and so boring and so fucking generic. I'd love to see Aztec Warfare back on television. I'd love to see Aztec Warfare, their version of Aztec Warfare in, in, in AEW. It's a Lucha Underground type match invented by Dario Cueto. I love him. I thought he was great. Lucha doors entered at timed intervals similar to the Royal Rumble and are eliminated by pinfall or submission. There is no DQ, no count at, or over-the-top rope eliminations. I love it. I thought that was fucking great. Great. It adds a level of different to the show. If you want to really make an entire show based around that one time a year, I think that would be fucking awesome. Really. And you could make it, because not everybody's going to be able to do the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. If AEW, I'd love to see AEW. They got more than enough to do a Royal Rumble. They do. But AEW can't do that because it's a WWE thing, and I don't want them to get shit from all the people that claim that they already take WWE talent off the free agent market, and they're a WWE landfill. Now they're taking WWE gimmicks. Lucha Underground was fucking great. I love Lucha Underground. I think Aztec Warfare in AEW would be great. These 20-man battle royals are so fucking boring. And we just saw one a couple weeks ago. So, that's my take there. So, we got a, a battle royal, a royal rampage match. He even, he even had to put the name royal, the word royal, in the title of the fucking match. The royal rampage, wherever the fuck that is. 20-man battle royal will determine a number one contender for the interim AEW world champion, John Moxley. Jim Ross. He joined commentary as they lowered the cage. They had some really cool theme music playing as they lowered the cage. They had a video package show. We were at the 9 o'clock hour, and they left the entire second hour of the show for blood and guts. You gotta love it. Crowd was hyped. The energy was off the charts. They were loud. They lowered the cage. Jericho Appreciation Society came out in these matching over-the-top red outfits they look like something off of fucking TRL, Total Request Live with Carson Daly back during the fucking 1990s on MTV, man. That's what they look like. They look like a five-piece boy, but six-piece boy band out there. They look ridiculous, but I guess this is what wizards wear. This is what I guess wizards wear and what Jericho deems wizard-like. So we got... The Blackpool Combat Club out there, this is Willa Yuta, John Moxley, the interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. This is a classic War Games rules. So, staggered entrance, no DQ. The match can only be won once everyone is in the match. Four-minute intervals for everybody, and then ding, ding, ding. 
and we get the match beginning and starting when all the participants are in the ring. This was great. I loved everything about this. This was so much better than last year's match. The quality of competitors in there was so much better than last year's match. We got Moxley. We got Cla- Claudio. How, how could I forget Claudio? Claudio. We got Wheeler Yuta. We got Chris Jericho. Santana and Ortiz are in there. Sammy Guevara is in there. A lot of these men actually were in the first match. But you got John Moxley and, and Wheeler Yuta and Claudio in there. Santana, Ortiz. Fucking awesome. Eddie Kingston's in there. Awesome. So, the Jericho Appreciation Society had the man advantage. They had the man advantage because they won the six-man tag team match that opened Forbidden Door. Guevara and Claudio started things off. This was very interesting right at the word go, man. They started things off. Bell rang. We got this match starting at around 9.05 Eastern time. So, we got the whole hour to look forward to brutality. Claudio was manhandling Guevara, laid in some running uppercuts. He continued to beat down Guevara until Guevara tried to climb the cage. This guy was like a spider monkey, man. He was climbing the cage. He was bouncing off the ropes, rope to rope to rope to rope to cage, man. I thought I was watching a fucking ping pong ball in there. Sammy Guevara legitimately looked like a fucking video game character playing out in real life, climbing up the cage and bouncing off the fucking ropes to try and evade Claudio in this blood and guts match. Claudio pursued him. He chased him down. Pulled him down onto the ropes. It looked like he had twisted his knee. Thank God he was all right. That looked brutal. We don't need Sammy to be added to the list of injuries in AEW. Guevara, he was jumping on the ropes to escape Claudio. He returned fire with a pop-up cutter on Claudio. Guevara was uh, happy that he had taken Claudio down. Uh, This allowed Claudio to get back up and attempt a giant swing. He did do the giant swing. Only four revolutions of the giant swing. And in comes Danny Garcia he took out Claudio and stopped the giant swing in Detroit. Wheeler Yuta then comes in. He even the odds were now two and two with the Combat Club and JAS. He took out Garcia with some Germans. He did the same to Sammy. Hager was in next. So now, so now it's three on two. JAS against the Blackpool Combat Club. And he took out Yuta with a big slam. And then all of a sudden we see Claudio. Cesaro and Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, in the ring, staring each other down, and they start going at it. And I remember, man, I remember when they were led by Zeb Coulter, and I remember that they were incredibly over, and WWE put an end to that. We the people got over big time in WWE. 13,000 people were chanting, We the people. In AEW for Claudio and Jake Hager, man, that had to feel good because they had the makings of a special tag team. They were over. They were over organically. And I remember how over they were, man. I would never forget something like that because I was on board with them when they started to get over. They got over so big that WWE pulled the plug on them. They were getting so over because it wasn't on their list of things to do. You can't get over on your own in WWE. You will be taken off television. And that's exactly what had happened to Jack Swagger and Cesaro at that time. 
Look at the caliber of wrestler Cesaro is. I mean, he got a tag team over with Tyson Kidd. He got a tag team over with Jake Hager. He got a tag team over with fucking Sheamus. The bar was incredible. Cesaro, man, again, I said this on Monday. I don't know how they let somebody like that walk out of the company. I would have been chasing after him. Bro, what do you need? What do you want? Let's get this done. Now he's Tony Khan's problem. A very good problem to have. So they stared at, uh, at each other, and they took each other out. They faced off. This was uh, former tag team partners going at it. Claudio got the upper hand. But the man advantage allowed Garcia to get involved, and the Jericho Appreciation Society once again took over. They dominated the match until Moxley came in for the Blackpool Combat Club. He comes in. He wrecks havoc. X-Plex on Guevara. He takes out Garcia. Claudio Bulldog Hager. Onto a steel chair. Moxley pulled out a fork from somewhere. I guess he had a great time in catering before the show started. He pulled out a fork and he started stabbing Danny Garcia in the fucking face with this utensil. Claudio beat down Sammy right in front of Tay Conti, which was great. Moxley and Yuta hit a beautiful looking heart attack on Garcia. And he had blood gushing off of his fucking face and in his mouth. The Blackpool Combat Club was in control, man. They were cruising at this point. So we got Angela Parker. He's coming in next. His opponents were so in control that everybody on the JAS was down. Angela Parker gets in there, and this guy is running like a fucking coward around the ring, up the cage, through the ropes, rolling underneath the ropes. He did everything to try and evade. Moxley and Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, there was no escaping. He eventually got caught, and Cesaro, Claudio, got him with a beautiful gut-wrench suplex. All of a sudden, we get the other members of the JAS finally getting back to their feet and getting in the match. They attacked the combat club with weapons. Hager smashed Claudio's ankle with a chair. Ortiz then comes in for the combat club, Evening things out for both sides now. He ran wild, and Moxley hit a pile driver. Apparently, there was broken glass. Where this broken glass came from, I don't know. Where the broken glass came from, I don't know. But there was broken glass in the ring. They showed it on the replay. I visibly saw broken glass there. We get a fucking pile driver on Angela Parker from John Moxley on broken glass, busting him open. And Matt Menard then comes in the match. I don't know at this point if he wants to get in the match. I don't know if you want to get in there, bro. He got in there, and he smashed his opponents with a chair. He was going at everybody with a steel chair. Moxley was busted open at this point. He got busted open at the Forbidden Door show. He had a bandage going into the match where he got stitched up, and the bandage was hanging off, flying off. He was bleeding all over the place. So we got a we want tables chant. Everybody wants fucking tables in these matches. So Santana, he enters the match. He pulls out a table, slides a table into the ring. And he's in there. And I don't know who it was on, but it might have been one of the 2.0 guys. He ran wild for a little bit. He delivered a urinagi, I believe, to one of the 2.0 guys. And all of a sudden, he goes down and collapses in the middle of the ring. Looked like his knee had buckled. Looked like his knee had twisted. Hopefully he is okay. That looked awful. And with the list of injuries, June is just, I don't know who the fuck hexed the AEW roster. 
everybody is getting hurt. I don't know why. So Santana looked like he twisted his leg. Hopefully he is not out for long, or if it's not serious, uh, I don't know. So we will see what happens there. Moxley grabbed, this was one of my favorite parts of the match. He grabbed barbecue skewers. The only time I ever seen barbecue skewers, personally, I think it was Cashflow Ken Broadway and Matt Travis at House of Glory a few years back inside a steel cage. I think Matt Travis took barbecue skewers to his head and the visual of him just sitting in the ring bleeding with barbecue skewers popping out of his head. That's the only thing I could visibly see on commentary, man. I'm like, holy shit. He produced barbecue skewers. He wanted to get the 4th of July celebration started started early, and he stabbed Matt Menard with these barbecue skewers, and blood just fucking just pops out of his head. Fucking beautiful, man. I loved it. It was so great. So... Moxley got the barbecue skewers, stabbed him into Menard's forehead, but Menard stopped this from continuing with a low blow on Moxley. Willie Uta and Garcia started going at each other with some stiff forearm shots. Jericho was his team's final entrant here. So we have the one-man advantage going to the JAS for the time being. And he came in with Floyd the Bat. Ortiz immediately took him out with a DDT, choked him with a chair, There was just big moves all over the place. Cesaro ran wild with some crazy offense. Jericho cut him off and stopped his offense with a code breaker. Eddie Kingston is the last of the combat club to get in. Ding, ding, ding. And we get this match, this chaos, finally, officially underway. Kingston comes in. I started laughing my ass off, man. He comes in with a fucking kendo stick. He's bashing everybody with fucking kendo sticks. They're all fucking jumping on him. He's beating everybody with this one kendo stick that was already broken before he even started attacking anybody else. He broke the kendo stick in one shot over one of the 2.0 guys, and everybody starts jumping on him. He's fucking wailing away with this kendo stick. He's just sitting there wanting Jericho, right? He's trying to get everybody off of him. All he wants is Jericho. Hilarious. Jericho... Tried to escape the cage. He was cornered by Eddie Kingston. He smashed him repeatedly in the corner with this kendo stick that was already broken. Kingston then pulled out. I don't know where he... He must have pulled it out from his pants. He had fucking rubbing alcohol. He wanted to set Jericho on fire in the middle of this match. I would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see it, but uh, I don't think we're getting fire in the blood and guts match on top of everything else that we were probably going to get and what we've already got. In this match, I don't think Tony Khan would have produced produced fire in this match. So he's got this rubbing alcohol. He wanted to burn Jericho there. And he was cut off before he could use it. They took it away from him. And the combat club was back in control. So they had the tide of the match swing in their fa- in their favor. Uh, There was a table set up in the middle of the ring, right between the parishion in the middle of the ring that separated both rings. And there was a table there, and Jake Hager was powerbombed through this table. Santana was still injured. He was basically out of the match at this point. They took him out. They walked him up the aisleway. Yuta and Moxley, they, I don't know where they got these from. I don't know who was producing these fucking weapons of mass destruction. They had two black bags, two black cloth bags, 
What's in the cloth bags, might you ask? It ain't anything you want to you wanna be a part of, I'll tell you that. Thumbtacks everywhere in the ring. Thumbtacks everywhere. Claudio and Ortiz on the other side after the thumbtacks were in one ring. Claudio and Ortiz started pulling the fucking ring mat up, exposing the wooden boards underneath the ring. Moxley suplex Menard onto the tax. God bless this guy's soul, man. It is amazing where 2.0 came from and how they were disregarded on NXT and they're in this match making a huge splash, making a huge name for themselves on AEW television. What a year and a half made for 2.0, man. Holy shit. Crazy. One of the best stories in all pro wrestling is 2.0, man. Coming from where they were, getting let go, joining AEW, not really having much of a major role at the start, but now they're with Chris Jericho and they're a part of this shit with the combat club. Unbelievable. So Moxley suplexed Minard onto the thumbtacks. Parker was, I don't know how the fuck he got outside. I guess they kind of shot him through the fucking the metal rods that were holding this cage up. He was hanging upside down like they were fucking about to execute this guy, hanging upside down outside the cage, his face a bloody crimson mask. The visual of it was fucking great. So he's hanging upside down. The combat club were in control. Kingston and Jericho, they were going at it. Kingston got the upper hand. Jericho took him out with a fire extinguisher. Looked a little bit silly because Jericho produced this fire extinguisher and then Eddie Kingston was so far away, he leaned into the fire extinguisher and Jericho sprayed him with the fire extinguisher. It looked silly for Eddie Kingston to kind of lunge at Chris Jericho the way that he did. I don't know. It came off a little odd to me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it did look a little silly to me. Conti then gets involved. She knocked the referee out on the outside that was watching the door, took the key, opened the door to the cage. Out comes Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho, an ex-WWE superstar. We already got John Moxley. We got Brian Danielson. We got Claudio in there. And now Ruby Soho helping the Blackpool Combat Club help the Blackpool Combat Club beat the Jericho Appreciation Society, where did this come from? Could we be looking at the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club? Could we be looking at the first female in the Blackpool Combat Club? She took out Tay Conti, tackling her to the ground. You basically could see up Tay's dress, which I don't think anybody was really complaining about. And they start brawling on the outside. They get taken out of the equation. Tay Conti's out as Ruby Soho chases her off. Jericho escaped. With the door open, Tay opened the door. Jericho's climbing up the cage. He escaped by climbing up the cage. Kingston went out, and he looked up. He starts smiling. This motherfucker, man, he thinks he's getting away from me. Kingston climbed right up there. They fought up top. Kingston nailed him with the spinning back fist. He falls down face first onto the top of the cage. The way that they had this cage was beautiful, man. It was very, very stiff. It looked like nothing was going to Break the top of that cage. You know how the Hell in a Cells were? They were very flimsy, very flaky up there. Looked like you could step on it and fall right through. This was solid, solid steel up top. That shit was bolted in up top. So I'm glad that AEW took the proper precautions to make sure everybody was all right. Guevara climbed up top. He's going up there because Sammy loves to be a fucking stuntman. He loves to be psychotic. Gotta love Sammy. He cut off Kingston's attack on Jericho. Two-on-one advantage up on top with Kingston. 
fighting off Jericho and Sammy. They were kind of stalling up there for a little bit. Jericho was on the on the, the top of the cage face down. Sammy was looking over. They were playing up to the crowd for a little bit, a little bit too long, you know, taking their time up there. But in this absolutely wild and some may think unnecessary for Sammy, but wild and obviously over the top, let's get the big spot off the cage moment. Sammy Guevara is thrown off the cage. He flips over the edge of the cage. He falls into where the timekeeper's area usually is. It looks like this thing was blocked off by a huge AEW banner, tables underneath. He flips off the top of the cage after being thrown by Eddie Kingston, falls right through these tables, through the AEW banner, water flying up in the air, bottles of water flying up in the air, crowd chanting, holy shit, crowd going crazy. Unbelievable spot for Sammy Guevara. They nailed it. They nailed the camera angle. We didn't see any fucking pillows or mattresses underneath. I thought it was great, and Sammy looked fucking great flying off the cage, man. If there's anybody that you want taking a bump like that, it is Sammy. And I'm sure he'd probably willingly do it, too, without even having him to be asked. He goes off the top of the cage. So the match at this point, you know it's coming to its conclusion. Jericho put Kingston in the walls of Jericho up top. Claudio then climbs up, booted Jericho to break up the walls of Jericho. He gave Jericho the giant swing on top of the cage and went for the sharpshooter. Menard climbed up top, cut him off. Kingston locked Jericho in the stretch plum, and Claudio applied the sharpshooter on Menard. And Menard ended up tapping out, giving the Blackpool Combat Club the victory in the second ever AEW Blood and Guts match. The story here is Eddie Kingston was upset. Now, Eddie Kingston is not part of the Combat Club. He's a friend of John Moxley, but he's not really a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. He was pissed. He was pissed because he wanted to brutalize Chris Jericho. And Claudio took that away from him. Claudio made Matt Menard tap, won the match, which should be the most important thing here. But Eddie Kingston and Claudio had a couple of words back and forth. Eddie Kingston was upset that Claudio went for the win and took the fucking pleasure of submitting Jericho away from him. Could be something, could be nothing. We may see something materialize next week. We may see nothing at all. But Eddie Kingston was very upset for a little bit, and he really played up that aspect until the show went off the air. So it could be something where we see Eddie Kingston and Claudio feuding for Claudio's first major feud in AEW. After the match, like I said, Kingston was frustrated. He wanted to tap Jericho out. Claudio won the match before he could do any more damage to Jericho. Um, I don't know if he was injured to look like he was holding his back. Everybody might be a little banged up here. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody here was uh, you know, seriously injured. So I hope not, but seeing what type of match it was, we may have another couple of injuries to report coming out of this thing. And that was pretty much it. All of the Blackpool Combat Club were on top of the cage, except for Santana, as the show went off the air, as they celebrated their victory, finally ending the feud over the Jericho Appreciation Society. This was great. Absolutely beautiful main event. Absolutely fantastic main event. We'll go down probably as one of the best, if not the best, main events, pro wrestling TV match all year. You will not find fun like that 
on any other fucking wrestling program, man. You're not going to find that on Monday. You're not going to find that on Friday. And it's amazing to me, man. You know, it really is amazing to me. I'd love to see WWE take the fucking War Games match out of NXT. I'd love to see them do it in the WWE on the main roster. I would absolutely wipe away the Survivor Series format and I would do war games at Survivor Series from this point on. That's what they need to do. You have access to that match, and you don't utilize it. Nobody wants to see that shit in NXT. This is a match that really could be a huge selling point for the Survivor Series. All these major pay-per-views, they need something to really grab you. Royal Rumble grabs you because of the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania grabs you, that's self-explanatory. SummerSlam grabs you, that's self-explanatory. Money in the bank grabs you. That's self-explanatory. What is Survivor Series? Survivor Series is nothing more than Raw versus SmackDown, and there is no Raw versus SmackDown because WWE doesn't play up the brand split every year, and WWE, they act as if there is no brand split so that when we get to Survivor Series, none of these matches happen anyway, yet they constantly shoot to us. It's Raw versus SmackDown at the Survivor Series, the only time per year where we get Raw versus SmackDown. We know that's not the case. We know that's not the case. War Games should absolutely be a main roster staple at Survivor Series every single fucking year. That goes to show you that WWE doesn't have any sense of creativity. WWE doesn't like taking risks. WWE just wants to appease the fucking shareholders. They don't want to write compelling television. It'll be too bloody. It'll be too brutal. They don't want any of that. It's not fucking kid-friendly. This is why WWE sucks. I hate Survivor Series. I used to love Survivor Series. I hate Survivor Series. But WWE has this match wasting away in NXT. Nobody wants to see NXT do it. So let's get it on the main roster. Survivor Series could use a huge selling point for their pay-per-view with this tired, dead concept that they run every year. Oh, SmackDown versus Raw. Nobody gives a shit. We see SmackDown versus Raw every fucking week. We saw SmackDown versus Raw this past Monday with the Usos and Street Profits. I don't give a shit. I don't care. We saw Raw versus SmackDown with Matt Riddle versus Roman Reigns on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Nobody cares. WWE's doing their, themselves a huge disservice by not utilizing this match. Tony Khan has made this match feel important every year. He's presented it in the old school way where even the old school heads who loved war games back in WCW and in NWA He's presented this match so beautifully that I don't know how anybody who lived in that era could, could really sit here and criticize what he's doing. He's paying homage in the best way possible to Dusty, who created this fucking thing. Cody would be proud. I would genuinely be curious to know what Cody thought of this match and how Tony Khan is still maintaining the legacy of Cody's father in the creation of this concept being used on AEW television. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Guys, thank you very much for all of your support, making us number one in the community. As always, we got 2,400 people here live for AEW Dynamite's Blood and Guts. Thank you guys very much, man, for all of your support. We're about to go over the Super Chats now. About to go over the Super Chats Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. 
They got their new Platinum Package 4.0. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life. Moxley did at Forbidden Door, so why not you? Gold medals, gold watches, gold championships. However, there is a certain type of guy who loves to go that extra mile. He walks with confidence, confidence of an eagle, and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. Manscapes would like to introduce you to their biggest and best ultimate hygiene bundle, the Platinum Package 4.0. And you guys can get the Platinum Package for yourself by using manscapes.com code SCRIPT20. For 20% off and free shipping, man. What you guys are going to get in this platinum package is the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the ultra premium body wash, two in one shampoo and conditioner, ultra premium deodorant, crop preserver, crop reviver, and anti chafing boxer briefs, all with the inclusion of a shed travel bag, which I take everywhere I go, whether I fly for business, whether I go down to the Jersey Shore, the shed travel bag is worth the price of admission by itself. So make sure you guys go hit up Manscapes. They even threw in two free gifts as well. The Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag, like I said, bring your comfort and boxers to another level. And the Platinum Package covers all your bases from head to toe. It is the best bang for your shebang. Manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to enjoy the finer things in life, guys. And get yourself a Platinum Package for your Platinum Package. Let's get into the Super Chats. Actually, first, before I do that, I want to shout out. I want to shout out B Nation Gaming. I want to shout out LJ Best Ever. I want to shout out Blank. OMG It's Rush 2213. Jacob S. Elite Soldier. Victorious Soldiers. Silent One. Carl Peterson. And Jen House. Thank you for all either becoming a member or re-upping your membership to the VIP club right here on Off The Script. Thank you guys very, very much. Let's start at the top with the Super Chats. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Two things, JD. Favorite Randy Orton match, not named John Cena, and favorite Van Halen song. My favorite Randy Orton match... That's a tough one, man. Uh, I'd probably have to say... I'd probably have to say... Him and Mankind? At SummerSlam? Him and him and Mick Foley. That, that match really, to me, one of the matches that really kind of launched Randy Orton to where he is. And how great of a superstar he is. Favorite Van Halen song? Joseph Taylor, I don't have one. I don't listen to Van Halen. I don't. Tony Brown with a $10 super chat. Kira, Kira, Kira. What a ace, says Tony Brown. Kira Hogan has uh, (laughs) nice assets, uh, Tony Brown, yes. 
Absolutely. Can't take anything away from Kerahobe. He also says, have not forgotten about you, Chi-Town Smart. He'll be back next week, guys. Jesse will be back next week. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Blood and guts is the craziest match I have watched. Joseph Taylor, man. I don't know if that's the craziest match that I've watched, but it was fucking hella crazy, man. I enjoyed every single minute of that match. It was awesome. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Bloody and brutal, but I loved it. Lost Santana now. I don't know what Santana is uh, feeling like right now. I hope it's not serious. I will keep you guys updated on the podcast. Thank you, Michelle, with the two in super chat. Ryoff Wildfire with a 199 super chat. I see this show with no commercials. Loved it. You fight TV guys, man. You got it made. You got it made. It may actually be worth the $4.99 or whatever it is to uh, sign up and watch this shit commercial free. Devon Coachman with the $2 Super Chat. Do you think Ruby Soho joins the BCC? Yes, I do. I think Ruby Soho is the first female member in the Blackpool Combat Club. For sure. Nicholas Allen with a $19.99 Super Chat. I hope we delivered in Detroit and sounded just as lively on TV as we were live. Nicholas, you guys fucking killed it, man. You guys killed it, man. You came off fucking incredible. You rivaled you rivaled Chicago for Forbidden Door tonight. It was awesome. Proud of you guys. And thank you for the 20, brother. Marcus is AEW. Can't wait for Jay to go against Athena and Chris in a triple threat match for the AEW Women's TBS Championship. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. I would prefer one-on-one matches first. But I could see that. Tony Brown with a five-dollar super chat. Yes, JD, that chick can get it too. Speaking about Layla Gray, says Tony Brown. I agree, man. Layla Gray is a very attractive asset to AEW. Uh, Jen House becomes a member for eight months. Thank you, Jen. All about to the king of the IWC, JD. Thank you, Jen. OTS for life. We got my boy James. We got my boy James. Thank you, brother. $50 super chat. JD, Google was being a biatch the other day when you were live for Forbidden Door in the media scrum and wouldn't let me do Super Chat. Your questions were some of the best of the night, but I was wanting to know why you didn't ask more from the others. James, the media scrum works in a very orderly fashion, man. You got one half of the room with media. You got the other half of the room with media. There are two moderators, one on one side, one on the other. You raise your hand. And if they pick you, they pick you. What you guys couldn't see is that I had my hand raised for those I wanted to ask questions to. Raising your hand does not guarantee you getting a question in. Sometimes when someone's on stage, they got a very limited time on stage. Cesaro was only up there for three questions, and then they took him away. Thunder Rosa was only up there for about six or seven minutes, then they took her away. Jay White was only up there for about six or seven minutes. Not everybody's going to be able to ask questions. And sometimes I just don't have a question. 
I don't have a question for Jay White. I don't have a question for a Kazushka Okada. I don't. I am a very calculated individual, man. I attack when I want to attack, when I see it's best to attack. Seriously. But James, thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for the for the 50 in super chat. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. I could definitely get used to seeing a heel Luchasaurus. I would have paid pay-per-view money to see this show tonight. I got to ask you, JD, are we live? Yes, we are live, brother. Very much live. Number one. Number one live. Roxas, 1969. JD was wondering, do you think now with Claudio and the BCC and Ruby Soul possibly siding with them, you think TK is possibly setting up a feud with the House of Black? Possibly. Possibly. Noah Tacone, JD didn't ask geek questions. You better believe it, brother. Kern Cluck and Roxas, thank you for the six months, brother. I appreciate you. Kern Cluck, I'm a huge AEW fan, but the main event didn't do it for me. To each their own, I guess. I got bored. That's a you problem, Kern Cluck. That's definitely a you problem, brother. Jaden Gilliam with a 199 Super Chat. Special OTS birthday tonight for my girlfriend, Mackenzie. Jaden. Shout out to Mackenzie and happy birthday, Mackenzie. What are you drinking tonight? Make sure you do something really, really special, Jaden. Otherwise, I'm going to have to fucking find you and bench you and throw you out of the venue. With no getting back in because Otis is not going to let you back in. Al Thwin with a Chilean, $2,500 in pesos. All the thanks to the performers for risking their bodies and bringing the passion for pro wrestling that was about to be eradicated by Vincent Company. All six guys on each team killed it, man. Golden Boy with a five dollar super chat. Rampage Rumble Friday. Two rings, twenty guys. Entries every sixty seconds. How do you feel about it? And who might win and be the first challenger for Mox? I don't know. Hopefully, it's somebody worth a title shot. That's all I. That's all I have to say. So that's pretty interesting. Two rings, twenty guys. Entries every sixty seconds. So it's basically it's basically the nineteen ninety five Royal Rumble. That's what it basically boils down to. Thank you, Golden Boy. Tommy Brannigan with a $10 Super Chat. Awesome show, JD. And Forbidden Door was amazing. Looking forward to more of that pay-per-view. You're awesome. I love the new Don of the IWC shirt. OTS for life. Thank you, Tommy Brannigan. I appreciate you, brother. 
JT Golden with a 499 Super Chat. The limps on Twitter are already complaining about the Blood and Guts match. Let them complain. Let them complain, man. They're going to bed lonely and by themselves tonight with nothing more than Alexa Bliss fucking magazine cutouts and a bottle of fucking lube with a box of tissues next to their fucking nightstand. And parents that have neglected them their entire life that hate them for what they've become. Jobless failures. Tony Brown. $2 super chat. My birthday is this Sunday, JD. Tony Brown, you got to remind me on Saturday, man. We'll fucking celebrate with you on Saturday, man, during Money in the Bank. Happy early birthday, brother. Current clock with a 499 Super Chat. Did you catch the play on the old 80s WWF intro in Jericho's intro to his music? The epitome of sports entertainment. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Elite Soldier with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I'm a new VIP, and I've been watching since 2016. You're the greatest. Does anyone know if Honor Club members will get the pay-per-view for free? That's a good question. That's a good question. Can anybody help Elite Soldier out with that question? I'm not really sure. I don't have the answer for Elite Soldier. PMAC with a $2 Super Chat. JD, did you have fun sitting next to Denise? No. Now, Denise, Denise sat sideways all night. I sat like this, and she had part of her back towards me all night. And then when I was at the post-show scrum, she knew exactly where I was sitting, and she got up about five or six different times and bent over as if anybody wants to see her green dress and her ass poking out in front of my camera. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. At one point, I thought she was doing it on purpose. Thank you, PMAC, with the $2 Super Chat. Sixteen hockey nerd fan with the $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, it's Edward. I just want to say it's my one year since I had heart surgery, and I am recovering well. Thank you for everything you do. I'm drinking a Grey Goose with iced tea. Cheers, bro. Hockey nerd. That sounds delicious, man. I'd ask you what you're drinking, but you already told me. These post-show scrums, man, you feel lonely, man. I mentioned this on Monday night. That's why I need Issa with me, man. I need Issa with me for All Out. These fightful guys and fucking Grapsity guys and Denise, it's like they, they all knew I was sitting there. Not one fucking word. Not one word, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have went up to them anyway. But it's like it's like I'm the fucking. It's like I'm uh, the black mass. The, the the fucking, you know, the outcast sitting there. Meanwhile, I blew everybody away with these fucking questions that I asked, man. Everybody's like all professional. Come on, man. Um, Noah becomes a member. Thank you, Noah. Hollywood guy. Fidel Super Chat. The JAS look like the gang from Clockwork Orange. Have you ever seen the movie? I think the Royal Rampage is a take to the Royal Rumble. Maybe. That's exactly what it is. It looks like the 1995 Royal Rumble. Issa, I'd be an outcast with you seven days a week. 
I got close to Denise. Lucky guy. No, I'm not. I'm not a lucky guy, man. Come on. Come on. Dotson says, JD, I should have said, it smells like bitch in here. I got to be professional, Dotson. Come on. Hooligram with a $5 super chat. I just found out that Luchasaurus was originally supposed to have the gimmick that Adam Scher eventually got being Braun Strowman. Imagine that. Lucky him, huh? Lucky him. Joey Clemenza with a new membership. Thank you, Joey Clemenza. You and Noah, what do you guys drink? Hollywood guy, cute is not attractive. Cute is cute, man. Cute doesn't necessarily mean attractive. My cat is cute. The stuffed animal sitting on my beanbag chair is cute. Chelsea, four months. Thank you, Chelsea. Milestone hit. Blood and Guts was amazing. I need some peach whiskey. Keep up the good work. King JD, OTS for life. Actually, OTS for infinity. Thank you, Chelsea. We got some Crown Royale peach. Let's get you some Crown Royale peach. D Hazard with the two dollar super chat. First live AEW, so much better than Raw live. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have some mental fucking problems if you're paying to go watch Raw live. DX for life with an Australia might. Five dollar super chat. I love to see an acclaimed babyface run and talking smack to heels. They are incredibly over. I think they, uh, I think they're going to be awesome, man. They're not even, uh, they're not even getting started yet, the acclaim. Christy Wilson with a 499 Superjet. Eddie hurt his back in the match. I would not be surprised. Joey Clemenza says Denise gets a solid 6.57. Joey Clemenza, you are one generous son of a bitch, man. My goodness. You like him short? Yeah, so do I, but a seven? (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Christy Wilson, for $4.99. Gavin Deeth with an Australian mate. $10 super chat. If you're going to rip off the Royal Rumble, why not call it Rampage Roulette? It wouldn't be that hard to have a roulette wheel graphic on the screen picking when the wrestlers come out. Now, that shit sucks, man. We, we, we need Aztec Warfare. That's what we need. Jerry Ramirez with a 499 Super Jab. Blood and Guts was insane. Good stream, JD. No surprise. There, hope one of these days you can hold a meet and greet in L.A. and get a chance to meet you. Uh, I'd like to do that. Seriously, I'd love to do that, man. I think that'd be great. Maybe we'll do WrestleMania next year. Christy Wilson with a 199 Super Chat. 
JD, and you wonder why they don't talk to you. Could have said, hey, man, you're an asshole, but we appreciate what you're doing. You're fucking, uh, you're uh, creative, and you got some great shit going on there, right? Um, Christy Wilson, 199. WWE is dead as fuck. Yes. Matthew Melnar. Well, that 499 Super Chat. This was such a great show. I'm so glad I got to witness it live. AEW really knows how to put on a show. Mohammed Abu with a 199 super chat. Blood and Gats. Awesome match. Kept it coming. Abu out. Danny Baker with the $10 Super Chat. Survivor Series sucks nowadays. They could at least go back to the format like they did in the late 80s and the early 90s. The Raw versus SmackDown crap sucks. Jimmy Stirred Evans with a new membership. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate you, man. LJ, best ever with a 13-month membership. Thank you, LJ. OTS for life, he says. We got Anonymous with an eight-month membership. No message. Thank you, Anonymous. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, Randy B with a three-month membership. Thank you, Randy B. Keep up the good work, JD. You're killing it, bro. The next meet and greet here in New York. I'll be there. OTS for life. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Yes. Thank you guys for the 1,000 likes. Silent One with a $2 super chat. I'm a man of my word, JD. Great review. Love OTS. I knew you were, man. NBA Youngboy fan with a 499 super chat. If the report of Sasha getting released on June 10th is true, then due to her 90 days, she won't be able to make all out, but could make it to Grand Slam. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with that. We will see. We will certainly see. I'm really tired of talking about Sasha Banks, but it's in the fucking news, so we got to talk about it. Susan D'Ambrosio with a nine-month membership. Thank you, Susan, for the nine-month re-up. Blood and Guts was awesome. Loved it. JD, you are the GOAT of the IWC. And get well soon, Jesse. He'll turn and high spots with a 499 Super Chat. We were at the show tonight. Great show. Loved the energy the crowd had. Yeah, you guys killed it, man. You came off great on TV. Hops88 with a $5 Super Chat. I was at Forbidden Door and the crowd was absolutely on fire. The crowd tonight in Detroit was just as hot. AEW seems to be gaining momentum. Yes, they are. Right into All Out. They will keep this. They will keep this momentum for sure. Jeremy Lewis with the $10 Super Chat. Just what was needed. A great showcase of gratuitous violence in the blood and guts match. Great review as always. 
Heard about heard about Chuck Taylor. Expired contract stories disappeared, but he was on Rampage. Everybody's making a big deal about Alan Angels not being given a contract offer, man. I don't know what the big deal is. Year ones are going to be out. It's not that big of a deal, man. You're losing nothing with Alan Angels. Thank you for your services. Go and do what you got to do. That doesn't mean this, the, 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 the relationship is severed. He'll come back when Tony Khan wants him or needs him. He'll come back. Or if he's got plans for the Dark Order at some point, he'll get them back together. Muhammad Abu with a 199 Super Chat. Are you doing meet and greets in India? Abu out. No. You wouldn't catch me dead in India, Muhammad, especially with you being there. Uh, Denise's crooked eyelashes. You guys are just hating on Denise. Get him out. Get him out. Dickens Dumont's. $5 super chat by Dickens Dumont. JD Blood and Guts with straight up Fuego. Brother, and Denise looks crazy average. Dude's got to stop the slobbing over these broads in the IWC. One love, bro. <laughs> Thank you, Dickens. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all you guys, man. 2,400 people in the venue tonight. OTS Extra. Go check it out. It is live on the channel right now if you missed any of that. Sasha Banks released on June 10th, according to Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. We talked about it on OTS Extra today. Mohammed Abu with a 199 Super Chat. I thought we were friends, Jerry. No. Nah. Now the only uh the only females I fuck with, man, are uh, are Issa and Destiny, and that's it. Everybody else, man. You talk about fucking uh mid. Oh, JD doesn't deal with mid, man. Come on. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for uh, a great AEW Dynamite review. Thank you guys for showing up. 2,400 plus in the venue, minus Jesse tonight. We'll get Jesse back next week. We'll talk AEW next week. OTS Extra, go check it out. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Manscaped.com. Code script20 at checkout. Go check them out, man. The more you check them out, the more they stay on board. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Listen. I'll see you guys back Friday live for SmackDown. 
I'm legit taking the legit Mustang down to the Jersey Shore for the next week, man. I'm in Jersey for the rest of the week starting tomorrow. Beach, cold beverages, sun, and relaxation. I need that music on Max, and I need those guitar emojis in the chat. You guys know the deal. I'll see you guys Friday live for SmackDown. Until then, take care, guys. Thank you for a great stream, and I'll see you back right here in the venue for Friday Night SmackDown on OTS. I'll see you guys later.